if you can bank votes early, it'll save you money down the stretch during GOTV. So you don't have to send those people mail to remind them to turn mm-hmm. on election day. You don't have to text them. You don't have to call them. I'm Eric Wilson, managing partner of Startup Caucus, the home of campaign tech innovation on the right. Welcome to the Business of Politics show. On this podcast, you're joining in on a conversation with entrepreneurs, operatives, and experts who make professional politics happen. Today, we're digging into a topic that's on everyone's mind after the 2022 midterm elections, and that's the mechanics of absentee and early voting, which for shorthand, most people refer to as ABEV, and we'll do so for the rest of the show. To help us understand all of the ins and outs is someone who has a lot of experience with get out the vote operations. Matt Daler was most recently campaign manager for Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who recently won re-election by 13 points. He was previously deputy political director at the Republican National Committee and executive director of the West Virginia GOP. Matt, before we dig in, every state is different when it comes to vote by mail and early voting. So give us the broad overview of the major variations that we see across the country. Yeah, so the terminology is different in every state. And you might say early vote, but that might mean in person or it might be by mail. So it's very important to pay attention to every state's law. But basically to break it down, there are only four states that don't offer some type of early voting, which is Alabama, Connecticut, Mississippi, and New Hampshire. So every other state and territory offers some type of early voting operation. So in those states, you have to physically be present on election day. Physically vote on election day. So let's go to the other spectrum, which are the states that are only mail-in voting, which is basically all early vote. Right. So there are states that conduct their elections totally by mail, and they do that very effectively. And people are used to that. They think it's weird when people don't vote like that, right? <laughs> yeah. But you have states that... So like those are states that you can't actually even show up anywhere on election Correct. Day. Yeah, okay. it's vote by mail. Montana being, I believe, the best example of that, perhaps. Right. Washington State, Was- yep. I think, is there. Um, so in 46 states, they, they run some type of early vote program. And that goes from no excuse. So if you're a registered voter, you can go early vote by mail or in person. Then there's some states that run an excuse program where you need an excuse to why you can't be there on election day, such as you're away at college, you're away for business, you're overseas, some things like that. Again, it varies from state to state and how they determine how to do it. Got it. So it seems like there are a bunch of different levers that states can pull. It's, you know, either... No early voting, some early voting or all vote by mail and then excuses and then like the windows of how early can you begin, how early can you request? And then, you know, some states have like an early voting in person component as well. Yep, exactly. And I mean, like in Iowa, they call it absentee in person. Right. So you get an absentee but you turn it in in person. (laughs) Right. So again, it varies so much from state to state and it's just, there's no one way to look at it. And so, you know, one of the pieces of advice we give to entrepreneurs, you know, who are working with campaigns is understand what's going on in, in a particular state to determine uh, where they come from. But let's address what is the advantage to a campaign of having a really good ABEV program? Yeah. Well, saves you money. If you can bank votes early, 
it'll save you money down the stretch during GOTV, which you consider like the last week of the election. So you don't have to send those people mail to remind them to turn out mm-hmm. on election day. You don't have to text them. You don't have to call them. It, it just and then it saves you and saves you. And then through early voting, it's great for the campaign. This is what I love about early voting is <laughs> the data yeah. that you get back. Right. So you can see you can see trends in the early vote, right? So if you see a bunch of newly registered Democrats and low propensity Democrats voting early, you have a problem. Problem on your hands, right? yeah. Because they are turning out people who usually do not vote, and they're doing it early. So you would have probably a, a, you have you have a bigger thing to tackle on election day. The smart campaigns nowadays, we don't even talk about election day. We talk about election month because you're getting this opportunity to. Bank your votes early, prioritize resources, and kind of triage your campaign in a lot of ways. Um, you mentioned what we call the chase of ABEV is one of the key components of doing this really effectively. Kind of walk people through what's involved in chasing ballots and and what do campaigns do in that process? Yeah. So, I mean, chasing is kind of the fun part because before chase, you have push when you're vo- you're pushing all of your supporters to vote early. But once Chase starts, so basically once early voting starts in your state, the state, the Secretary of State Board of Election provides you the list of everyone who's requested an absentee ballot, mm-hmm. or you have the voter file that lets you know everyone who's voted early in previous elections. So you start to chase in all of those people. So if you look at it as you have 10,000 people that you know are registered Republicans or you've ID'd as a supporter. They've all got absentee ballots in their hands. Your goal is to get that number down to zero before election day. So you banked 10,000 votes before the election even started. And so campaigns, depending on the window, like we talked about, so if you have 60 days, then it's much easier to chase these down. But when you only have a 10-day window, you have to be prepared and know what you're going to do. You can't let it sneak up on you. Right. Um, But a lot of people... You know, you'll send mail like, hey, you should have your ballot. You need to turn it in still. Obviously, the easiest way now is peer-to-peer or Mm -hmm. phone call. Um, But some sophisticated campaigns, they will know when they're going door-to-door that, hey, there's a ballot in Oh, there's a ballot in that house. And so you ask for that voter. And again, different rules. You probably can't (laughs) touch the ballot or have anything to do with that. But you can remind them like, hey, you got to turn that in. There's only eight more days for you to turn in your ballot. Yeah, and that's another one of the areas of confusion that we see a lot is that some states are – has to be in by election day, has to be postmarked yep. by election day, you know, all that kind of thing. And that that's led to some confusion. So on a campaign where you're getting this data stream from the secretary of state, you can see, oh, well, these people that we've modeled, obviously we don't know how people vote in that early vote Correct. process, right. but we know how they've, you know, they've their primary vote history. Yep. Um, we can model them. We can probably even have voter contact observations on them. Yep. Um, so it, it really gives you more time to run your program. Right. And, and and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, which is campaigns are like a, a startup with only a single day of sales. Thanks to ABEV, we now get to expand that to maybe a few weeks. And so it, it lets you adjust your strategy. Yeah. And um, there's also more trends too. So if you look at the previous elections, you can just see if you're on pace for where you were. Are you outpacing where you're at? If you're underperforming, not with just low propensity voters, but all voters, then you might be like, oh, we need to put more money into Chase to get more people to turn out to vote early because we're falling so far behind. We'll never catch up on election day. Or if you're overperforming, you might be like, 
we don't need to send that third or fourth mail piece to mm-hmm. remind people to turn on their ballot or to go vote. People are just naturally excited about the election <laughs> and they want to go vote. So, right. it, I mean, early vote is a good word, right? right? It is a positive thing for campaigns that you want to take advantage. You want to take advantage of everything that is available to you. And early vote is a powerful tool. Yes, it costs money, but it will save you money at the end because you're just banking votes. Right. And, uh, you do allude to this idea that it, it, some people think about mail-in voting, A-B-E-V, as kind of a, a bad word. Um, and, and so for folks who might be coming into politics for the first time over the last couple of years, you might not realize that Republicans used to be really, really effective at early voting. And, and then in the pandemic, it got expanded and there was sort of a reaction to that. Um, what are some of the most effective messages to voters about trying to get them to turn in their their ballots early or participate in that early vote? Because we do hear a lot of people say, I like the, you know, showing up on election day and getting my sticker. Yep. Um, but obviously there are clear advantages to the campaign by yep. getting them to go early. Personally, my favorite one is um, if you want the phone calls, the texts and the mail to stop, go vote because then you'll be removed from all of that. Yeah. And of course, it's more of an explanation than that. But of course, people want to be taken off of those <laughs> lists. So that's a good motivator. Other good ones is like, why wait to vote? Aren't you excited to vote for Chuck Grassley? Just right. go vote now. Or why wait in the line on election day? It's so easy and it's simple. You can just request your ballot and get it over with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the opportunity for you know volunteering. So if people are super enthusiastic about a candidate. You really need them to get their friends to the poll and things like that. Um, And then I I do think campaigns because of uh, sort of backlash against ABEV um, over the last couple of years, I do think campaigns have to restore some trust in that process for voters to help them understand. And so really you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you as a candidate are railing against ABEV or drop boxes or whatever. Uh, and because, you know, I, I think of it like, um, you know, in, <laughs> in basketball, right? Like you could really hate the three point shot and never make a three point shot. Um, still making more um, baskets than the other team and lose. Right. So if you, yep. you don't get to change the rules in the middle of the, the game. You're listening to the Business of Politics show. I'm speaking with Matt Daler about the mechanics of absentee and early voting. We're calling it ABEV. Uh, Matt, we looked into some of the research around vote by mail. And one of the things that jumped out to me is that it leads to increased political discussion while people are filling out their ballots because they're now no longer in a voting booth, but they're at their kitchen table. Uh, and one of the studies... Uh, actually said those talking to more knowledgeable people, as well as those conversing with people with whom they occasionally or often disagreed, were somewhat more likely to report that the discussion shaped their ballot choices. So it gives us yet another opportunity to uh, persuade voters. So what can campaigns do to better prepare their supporters for these kinds of conversations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you go into the ballot box, you should theoretically know who's going to be on the ballot, what you're going to vote for. But there's always surprises like, oh, I didn't know that person was up or I didn't know how to vote for that position. Mm-hmm. So when you're having a discussion with friends or people around uh, the kitchen table, you can ha- you can approach it better and be like, oh, yeah, they are. And if you're a volunteer for this campaign or you've 
you know, seen ads, you're better prepared to deliver why you should support this candidate. And if it wasn't like that, you would just maybe skip it on the ballot. So Mm -hmm. you want to have an aggressive early vote program where you are having your supporters be able to talk about the ballot and know of everyone who's on it. So when it comes to situations like this, you know what's going on. So it's kind of like voter education. Yeah. And I, I think there's also, I go back to kind of my digital campaigning side of the house, which is people are going to be doing Google searches with their, their phone or their computer open while they're filling out their ballot. So, you yeah. know, what, what is your appearance on search? What are, you know, that's the importance of yeah. having search ads early. Yep. Uh, another tactic that I think is really important here is, is you mentioned peer-to-peer texting, but relational organizing broadly yeah. of the most, you know, the campaign isn't going to have a canvasser at that kitchen table while they're filling out the ballot, but you would have a friend or or someone. And as we see here in this this study, which is linked in our show notes, even if you disagree with the person, if they are persuasive or as long as they're more knowledgeable, whatever that means, yeah. it can actually persuade people. Yep. If you, if your volunteers or supporters are able to articulate the point of the campaign, someone who's undecided is going to trust that way more than hearing an ad. Or yeah. And that, that the challenge then becomes you have to have something positive for them to say. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, so-and-so is a scoundrel. Well, that's not as persuasive as if, if so-and-so is elected, they will do this, this, and right. that. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of alluded to this earlier about the the campaigns now have a gap to fill in in building trust in ABEV. What are some ways that you've seen folks do that? I mean, I think one of the really good things that's happening is a lot of states are now offering to track your ballot. Mm. And so the Secretary of State or Board of Election will notify you like, hey, your your ballot has been mailed to you, so you should get it in the mail soon. And then you fill it out, you send it back in, then they'll notify you that they've received it. And that they've accepted it, so you filled everything out, and that it's going to be cast, right? right. So I think that's building a hu- that's huge help, right? Just adding that lever- layer of transparency yep, to it for sure. Um, I think another thing that campaigns have to do to, to rebuild trust now is we have to talk about it a lot, right. and not just talk about it when it starts. Like you need to start very early in the summer, being like early voting starting. We want all of our supporters to go vote, vote early, so that they start hearing it and start to get comfortable mm-hmm. with it, and then. One of the other powerful things is to have the candidate ask, right. like, you know, it's, it's different when a volunteer is calling you like, Hey, you want to request an absentee ballot and you get hung up on when they hear a candidate on the news or on the stump speech saying an early voting starting in one month and you need to request your ballot so that you can vote early so that we can win this election. Right. I think it's very effective. I was thinking about um, the 2014 Ed Gillespie for Senate campaign that I worked on in Virginia. We made a really big deal out of ABEV because we saw that, you know, Republicans would win on election day, but then get swamped at that point, absentee um, ballots. And so Virginia is one of these back then you had to have an excuse. It was only, you know, you could get it by mail, but there was also absentee in person, like you described with Iowa. Um, We did a lot of things like letting people know just how many excuses were available to them. So for example, like, you know, if you live in Northern Virginia, you commute outside of your County every single day. Um, We even had um, Ed go vote AB early one Saturday morning in, in Fairfax County um, and the reporter said, well, why are you voting? And he says, well, I'm going to be campaigning in other places on election day yeah. that aren't Fairfax County. Um, so I'm eligible. And so you really like 
called it out. And, um, you know, I, I, a funny story that is one of my prouder moments from the Rubio campaign. We did a vote early day in the Florida primary um, back in 2016. It was like the week before yeah. uh, election day. And so we were doing throughout the states, bunch of rallies. And so we actually set up these Snapchat filters at every polling place. And we we got this hashtag trending of like, it's vote early day. And I was really excited when I saw like Bernie Sanders supporters in North Carolina were like, oh, it's vote early day. Go out and vote yeah. for Bernie's. But um, you really do have to push it and make it a you can't you can't assume that your voters know that yeah. this is something they're supposed to do. So having a special day during the early vote period is good. Have as many of the candidates get together, get as much media there to get as much earned media out of it. So when people are at home watching the news, like, oh, I could go early vote. All yeah. these people are. Yeah. I guess it'd be OK. Right. Free tool right there. Yeah. Um, and you see with the Democrats, they'll do like a Dave Matthews concert oh, right yeah. next to an early voting location and things yep. like that. They are very creative and unfortunately much better at it than yeah. us. Um, what are some of the the tech or software that campaigns are using to manage their, their AB EV programs? Obviously, the states have different types of data feeds that they can tap into. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to almost like personal preference mm-hmm. of how you want to view the data and use the data. Because I mean, it's the voter file versus people that are voting. Right. So you could just run it through a spreadsheet. Um, but I mean, a lot of people and campaigns rely on uh, the data trust because they do a really good job of updating like the updating files every, every, day. every day so that you can purge all of your lists so that you're only talking to voters who still need to vote. Um Obviously, yeah. But then that that you raise an important part there, which is like you then have to communicate it to your P2P vendor, Correct. your digital vendor, yep. your mail vendor, make sure that so, they they got the memo. So however you're ingesting it, you want to be able to get it out the fastest. So you want to be able to, if you're cutting walkbooks, like you want to remove all those people, right. the phone list, peer-to-peer, mail, which is where you save the most, and digital, you just remove all those people. So I think it's the best if wherever whatever you're operating in already, you should try to figure it out through that instead of adding in another layer. Oh, something okay. Something you have to worry about during the most important part of, of the campaign. So it's more of an organizational challenge of, of and communicating. Yep. It goes without saying that you need to have really responsive vendors and providers in, yeah. in that case, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Matt, I want to say thank you for a great conversation about uh, early voting and absentee ballot programs. It's been really helpful. Obviously, people are really interested in it post 2022. Uh, and, and you know, we've got a lot to relearn, it, it, it yep. seems like, because we uh, we used to be really good at this. We, we sort of took a few steps back and now people are realizing that you do need early voting. So if this episode made you a little bit smarter or gave you something to think about, all we ask is that you share it with a friend or colleague. And guess what? You look smarter in the process as well. Remember to subscribe to the Business of Politics show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also sign up for email reminders about new episodes at businessofpoliticspodcast.com. With that, I'll say thanks for listening. See you next time.